Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Barry Chesler, and today's Daf is Masachet Kedubot Kafvav, Tractate Kedubot, Folio 26. Our Daf begins with the answer to the question left hanging yesterday. At the end of yesterday's Daf, we are presented with the apparent anomaly of Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, editor of the Mishnah, accepting the testimony of a father that his son is a Kohen, at least for the purposes of eating truma, while Rabbi Chia believed that one either accepted him fully as a Kohen, with no restrictions on his marriage either, or did not accept him at all, and consequently forbid him from eating truma. On the other hand, Rabbi Chia did accept the testimony of a brother regarding Levitical status. The Talmud suggested, in the case of the father-son priest, that the issue was karo that a close relative may not testify. But this would seem to apply to the Levite brothers as well. Our answer today is Mesiach Lafi Tumo. He is talking in innocence, not realizing he is providing testimony, and therefore the veracity of his words is accepted. Similar to this is what Rav Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel. There is a case of a man who in all innocence said, I remember when I was an infant riding on my father's shoulders. They brought me out from the schoolhouse and removed my shirt and immersed me in order to eat truma at evening. Rabbi Achia concluded, and my friends separated from me and used to call me Yochanan who eats kalot. And Rabbi elevated him to a priest on his own testimony. We have now finished the long sugya beginning on the bottom of folio 24. The overarching topic is the validity of indirect testimony. In the court or on a document, witnesses attest. We may then use that testimony or document to establish facts. The question our long sugya has raised is what other attestations aside from testimony is acceptable. So we may presume certain things based on a person's behavior. To use the popular phrase, if something walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, we may infer it is a duck. In a similar vein, a person who exhibits certain priestly behavior may be considered a priest, at least for some things. We resume our daf with the Baraita. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar said that just as truma is a presumption for the priesthood, so too is the first tithe the presumption for the priesthood. But that one who distributes priestly portions through the court has no such presumption. The immediate objection is that first tithe is a Levitical gift, not a priestly gift. But we teach here in accord with the teaching of Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. We learn in the Baraita, truma is for a Kohen, First tithe for a Levite, the words of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah said, First tithe is also for the Kohen. It says that Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah is saying that first tithe is also for the priest. Does he say it is for the priest but not the Levite? Yes. After the Levites were punished by Ezra for not wanting to come up to Israel, he decreed that they would not get first tithe. Since that time, only the priest received first tithe. While from Torah law, it is possible to give it both to Levites and Kohanim. 
So perhaps it is possible that it was given to a Levite. Ralphista said, What are we talking about? For example, we presume from his father that he is a Kohen, and a voice goes out that he is the son of a divorcee or a woman who did Khalidzah. That is, rather than marry her brother-in-law, she refused his marriage, or he refused her, as the Torah dictates. Both categories of women a Kohen is forbidden to marry, and whose sons are not considered Kohenim. They distributed to him the tithe that they're threshing for. So on what basis does he get the tithe? He cannot be considered a Levite, because we know his father is a Kohen. What can one say? That he is the son of a divorcee or the son of a woman who did Khalisa, meaning he is not considered a Kohen? But this is not necessary. For the one who says that first tithe is forbidden to non-priests, since they would not give it to him then. But even for the one who says that first tithe is permitted to non-priests, these words are only meant to refer to sustenance, not to the Torah commandment of distribution to the priest at the threshing floor, where they would not give it to a non-priest for sustenance. Another citation from the Brita. He to whom is distributed first tithe through the court cannot be presumed to be a priest. But if there can be no presumption by the court, how can there be presumption at all? Rav Sheshet says, thus you must say, He who receives truma with the property of his father together with his brothers by court order cannot be presumed to be a priest. Shita, this is obvious. What might you think? Since this is for the brothers for food, so too this is food for the one that we suspect, Tamash Milan. This for the brothers is for food, but this for him is to sell, since the suspect priest is allowed to sell truma to priests that he himself cannot eat. We return to the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda says, we do not elevate to the priesthood on the basis of one witness, etc. And that Bahuli, that etc., is the rest of the Mishnah from 23b, which we need to know here. On 23b, the Mishnah continues, said Rabbi Elazar, when? In a place where there is a protest. But in a place where there is no protest, we may elevate to the priesthood on the basis of one witness. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, ben Gamliel says in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Hasagan, we elevate to the priesthood on the basis of one witness. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel is thus the same opinion as Rabbi Eliezer. And if you want to say that there is one protest which distinguishes their opinions, that Rabbi Eliezer thinks one is sufficient, but Rashbach thinks you need two, did not Rabbi Yochanan say everyone agrees you need at least two protests? What are we talking about? That we presume on the basis of his father that he is a Kohen, but a voice goes out that he is a Ben Gushar Ben Chalusa, and thus not eligible for the priesthood. And his status was subsequently lowered. A witness now comes and says, I know that he is a priest, his status is restored. Two witnesses come and say he is the son of a divorcee or Chalusa, and so they lower his status again. A single witness now comes and says, I know that he is a Kohen. And everyone combines the testimony. And it is here, when we are concerned with the cheapening of the court, that there is a disagreement. The Tanakhama says, since his status is lowered, it may not be restored, because then people will think that the court is inconsistent. Lashbach holds, the court can lower his status, they can raise him up, and people will follow the dictates of the court, without thinking less of them. Ravashi objects, then it could even be two and two. 
But Ravashi says that disagreement is about the combining of testimony, and it is a disagreement of these Tanaim. For we learn in a Brita, we do not combine testimony unless the two saw as one. Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha said, even if one comes after the other. The testimony is not accepted in court unless they testify as one. Rabbi Natan said, we hear his words today, and when his friend comes tomorrow, we listen to him too. A new Mishnah. A woman who is taken captive by non-Jews. If it is for money, she is permitted to return to her husband. If it is a ransom for a person, or if she was kidnapped to be put to death, she is forbidden to her husband. The Talmud comments in the name of Rav Shmuel by Rav Yitzchak in the name of Rav. This only applies when Israel is stronger than the nations of the world. But when the nations of the world are stronger, even the woman ransomed for money is forbidden to her husband. Rav objects, Rabbi Yossi HaKohen and Rabbi Zechariah ben HaKatsav testified about a Jewish woman who was taken as pledge in Ashkelon, and her family distanced themselves from her. The witnesses testified about her that she was not alone with other men, nor did she become impure. The sages said to them, If you believe she was taken in pledge, then believe that she was not alone nor became impure. And if you don't believe that she was not alone nor maintained her purity, then don't believe she was taken as a pledge. And this is Ashkelon, where the non-Jews are stronger than the Jews. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.